Hi there, this is Watchin, and you are now listening to the I Choose the Ladder podcast, a podcast for Black women on the corporate climb. This episode is brought to you by 2010 Talent, a career resource for talented Black women sharing inspiring career profiles, companies, and resources with women across the globe. Do you want to take your career to the next level? 2010 Talent specializes in helping Black women accelerate with one-to-one career coaching. Ready to invest in your future? Visit 2010talent.com for more information. It is crazy to me that I'm actually sitting here in my apartment recording the very first episode of this podcast. I've been thinking about this podcast for a little over two years, and over that time, I've questioned myself so much. Like, is this podcast necessary? With all the thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts that are out there, Is there a reason to create one? Why am I doing it? What is it that I hope to accomplish through the podcast? And two and a half years later, I can say that the desire to create the content is still there. And so I'm going to do it and see what happens. Now, this episode is going to be really simple. It's just a brief introduction into who I am and also to give you a glimpse into what to expect for future episodes. Um, As you will find out in future episodes, I am a list maker. I love lists. I make a list every day of the things that I need to do. And so the easiest way for me to share who I am with you is through a list. My favorite number is eight. And so I picked eight things about me that I think will help you get to know me a little bit better um, than me just spewing out random information. So fact number one, I was born in Liberia and moved to Chicago when I was eight years old. My father attended grad school at the University of Arizona and had completed an internship in engineering for a company here in Chicago and then moved back to Liberia. So when the war started, the company that he interned for filed for my family to come to the United States just because it wasn't safe to live in Liberia any longer. And I spent most of my childhood here in the Chicagoland area, uh, grew up in Rogers Park, and then did high school in the suburbs, and that's where uh, most of my family still lives, in the suburbs of Chicago. I live downtown and probably will never live in the suburbs. (laughs) Um, Fact two, growing up, I thought I was adopted. Now, if you looked at a picture of me and my siblings, you could tell that Clearly, I am not adopted, but my older sister, older brother, and younger sister all have names that start with W-I-L, and my name starts with W-A-T, which to me as a kid was like, wait a minute, if you could find a W-I-L name for child number four, what happened with child number three? It's because I'm adopted. Now, clearly, (laughs) that is flawed logic of an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old, but You couldn't convince me otherwise when I was a child, and I would investigate and try to figure out and catch my parents up in the adoption story, but I clearly know that I am a member of the Yanu family, uh, and I no longer think that I am adopted. Um, Fact three, I went to undergrad on a scholarship through the Posse Foundation, and funny fact is I didn't even want to apply for the scholarship, and We'll talk about the Posse Foundation and this whole crazy way of how I even got this scholarship in a future episode, but my dad convinced me that I should apply for the for the scholarship because I always wanted to have the option of saying yes and no. And if I got the, the scholarship, I could decide where I went to college because I'd already had my eye on another school that I had gotten into. Well, let me tell you that that was not the truth. I got into the Posse Foundation and all of my other options went away. My dad was like, listen, you are going where it is free. Now, 
Then I was very upset about it. You know, I didn't necessarily want to go to a small liberal arts school in the middle of nowhere. But looking at that now, it was absolutely a turning point in my career, um, in the options for career. And I didn't even have a career then, but the Posse Foundation probably is the single most important decision or thing that happened to me, both professionally and personally. And I'm so glad that my dad tricked me into applying for that scholarship. So if you're listening and you have a student, a child, a niece, a nephew, a godchild who's currently in high school, please check out the Posse Foundation. It's literally a life-changing opportunity. And the only time that you can get into the organization is when you are in high school. I believe the website is possefoundation.org, but check it out, check it out. It's an amazing resource. Fact number four, I just mentioned that I went to a small liberal arts school in the middle of nowhere, and that school is DePaul University, DePaul with a W, in the cornfields of Greencastle, Indiana. I was a communications major, and a lot of times when people ask me why I majored in communications, I say it's because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. But if I'm being honest, that's probably not the most honest or truthful answer. I think I've always known what I've wanted to do with my life. I never knew how I could get there, right? Figuring out the how. And so it just seemed simpler to say, I don't know, as opposed to trying to explain to people um, thoughts that had not fully formed within my mind about what I wanted to do with my career or the type of career that I wanted to have. I didn't even know if what I wanted to do existed at the time. And so just saying, I don't know, um, was the easiest thing for me because Lord knows I do not like explaining myself to people. Um, But this was a brilliant decision now that I look back at it because the flexibility of a liberal arts degree plus the the skills that I learned through a communications major have really helped me uh, through all of the different facets of my career. And I'm still using a lot of what I learned in undergrad in my current career. Fact number five, after college, I packed up my car with no job, (laughs) no place to live, and moved to Los Angeles. Now, I've seen it done on TV before. All the kids who did it, everything seemed to work out just fine for them. And so I'm like, listen, if they can do it, I'm sure that I can too. And I think what that taught me, though, is that taking leaps of faith, things always work out, right? So I think because I made that decision at like 22 years old, right, and within two weeks of living in L.A., I had a job. Almost immediately when I got there, I had a place to stay. And so I think early on, I found that like I could take career risks and that eventually things would work out. And so I've been doing that since then, jumping and then knowing that the net would appear. And I think that's why I've been able to have so many amazing career opportunities, because in my mind, I know that things always work out. Fact six. What am I doing now with my life? Um, I'm currently 35 years old. I live in Chicago, as I mentioned. I'm single with no children, but it is a desire of my heart to be married and have a family. So I know that eventually that will happen. Career-wise, I work as the vice president of my marketing partnerships for the WNBA team here in Chicago called the Chicago Sky. I know nothing about sports, so the fact that I'm even in this job is a uh, a story for a whole other time, but I've learned so much. I've had so much fun in this job and I've developed parts of myself that I didn't even know existed. And so I'm really, really grateful um, for the opportunity that I currently have and the teams that I currently manage and the amazing players and and just everything that I get to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, Fact number seven, 
although I'm currently in senior management, I decided to go back to school to get my MBA. So I'm currently at the University of Chicago, Booth School of Business, getting my MBA in the evening program. It's probably one of the toughest things that I've ever had to do. I just finished my first quarter, so I took two classes last quarter. And man, I thought school, work, trying to have a regular life and be a good friend was going to take me out. Um, But I'm happy to know that I made it. I'm stronger than I thought. And so I'm looking forward to all the things that I hope to learn while part of this MBA program. Um, Fact eight, not to brag, but I think that I've had a pretty phenomenal career, right? I've had, um, I've gotten to work for companies like Yahoo and Comedy Central and Ebony and Jet and, you know, the WNBA. I've gotten to do things from, you know, planning Emmy parties to um, to currently planning a Guinness Book of World Record event to break the world record that Kevin Durant currently holds for the world's largest multi-venue basketball clinic. Like, how cool is that, right? And I think because I've had an opportunity to do a lot of these things in my mind, I thought that, you know, everybody had those things. And having conversations with my peers, friends, like hundreds and hundreds of of women, whether it's through speaking or volunteer opportunities that I have had, I realized that, like, not everybody has access to those same things. And the thing that I think has been the difference for me is that I've always had phenomenal mentors and I've also been fortunate over the years to have access to resources, not necessarily by any you know, any doing of my own, not because I'm so great or, or super whatever. It's that I've had people who have taken me under their wings and opened doors for me, um, in ways that I never even anticipated. And so that brings me to why I decided to do the podcast. Um, when I first started doing, when I first thought about doing this, like I said, in the beginning, I had tons and tons of self-doubt, right? Like I didn't want to open up myself for criticism to the internet because Lord knows that people can be really mean. Um, I didn't want to necessarily just be regurgitating the same content that is already out there that, you know, you can find through other people. But what I realized is that there are women in this world who aspire to do great things in corporate America, right? Who don't necessarily have access to the same kinds of people and the same kinds of resources that I have been um, been given access to for whatever the reason is, right? And I can't introduce everybody to my mentors, but I can introduce my mentors to everybody who wants to meet them through this podcast. And so what I hope to do is a couple of things. One, I've been interviewing tons and tons and tons of amazing senior level black corporate executives who literally have blown my mind with what it took to get to the seats that they sit in now and try to get advice for women like us who hopefully one day will will sit in those seats and open doors for the next generation to come. So you can expect interviews with some amazing dynamic black women who are unapologetically black um, and who have literally earned every single award and accolade and promotion and salary increase um, that they have ever received. And they are open and honest with the journey that they've had in hopes that they can help us make our transitions a little bit easier. You can also expect to get some resources that I've gotten access to. So sharing books and podcasts and and seminars and, and just different resources that I use on a pretty frequent basis that I think have helped me sustain a career and helped me create a career that I actually enjoy and 
am really, really proud of. And lastly, you can expect a community, right? My goal for this is to create a community of like-minded black women who um, want to dispel the myth that it's lonely at the top. I think that everything is better in community. And so ultimately, I want to create a community of women globally that help each other as we all climb the corporate ladder. Now, I know I'm going to get a lot of messages that's like, hey, is this only for black women? How come you're only doing things for black women? So here's what I will say. Is it only black women that can benefit from this podcast? Absolutely not. However, the lens through which the content on the podcast will be filtered is that of a black woman in corporate America. That is my experience. Most of the people within my network are black women. Um, and so they do drop lots of knowledge that can be applied to man, woman, child, black, white, Hispanic, anything. But the lens through which the content on the podcast will be filtered, because I am a black woman in corporate, will be that of a black woman in corporate America. But my hope is just that we will we will all help each other and that this podcast will be a resource for women who are looking to be the next executive, be the next CEO of a corporation who wants to make a change within corporate America. And I just, I want this to be something that, um, that is of value to people. So look out for all the interviews, look out for all of the, the resources, look out for the community. And if you want to continue the conversation outside of the podcast, join the Facebook group. It's I Choose the Ladder on Facebook. That's where a lot of the conversations will be happening about the, the things that happen on the podcast. And I just look forward to creating community with you.